0: Welcome back, episode thirteen. Uh, it's been a couple of weeks, but uh, we're getting back at. It. We're going to talk about some late season post rut tactics and what we're planning on doing, how we're going to try and get on some deer. Um, but before we get started, we're going to start praying at the beginning of these things, just to kind of get our head right and get it to where we're going. So I'm going to pray real quick. So. Dear Father, I just want to thank you for this time that we're getting to spend down here in this shed and uh, just talk about hunting and fishing and, and just glorifying you through this, God. I just pray that you'd be with us as we talk and that you just give us the words to say and that, uh, that the words about you don't reach deaf ears, God, that it, that it just lands on who it needs to hear it. Uh, we just thank you for all that you're doing. We just ask that you just bless this podcast and your powerful and I pray. Amen.
1: Amen. You're yeah, back in the shed, that's right, because we ain't been in here in a couple of weeks, a and probably like a month. Yeah, it's, it's been a been while. It's been kind of cold. It isn't it isn't that cold tonight? So that's why we we're we we're like, yeah, we need to get back in the shed. All right, so um, cam checks.
0: I don't have much going on my on my cameras right now. I haven't checked them in about a week. Well, I checked them I think Monday or Tuesday, Tuesday I think it was. And I had some six pointers. Maybe it was Thursday. I checked them. Whatever it was, I had a couple six pointers, a couple small spikes, quite um, a few does. Come to my corn files i've kind of just tried to stay out of the woods i hadn't hunted much the past two weeks i went once on last sunday so a week ago um sat in the stand that's close by my house and saw two button bucks and a doe but that that's i don't have much going on right now on cameras but this is usually about the week that i'll start picking up some different bucks again um and you know anytime throughout december i'll get a bunch of random one-timers come through there and i've uh, i found some tactics too that i think are going to help me in the late season which we'll get into that later but i found a piece of the property that i've never really hunted i've only used it basically as access to the stand but i haven't been using it this year for that and i think it's going to be real good actually for uh getting on a buck this time of year so but what you got going on um i literally
1: have the exact same bucks that i've been having for the last few weeks um which i'm not complaining about it um, no shooters, but, um, I got, let's see, I got the seven pointer, which, hey, I named him Wayne. Wayne? Actually, Kayla named him. I just looked at Kayla and I was like, hey, I need to name this deer. What would you name him? She looked right at me. and She was like, Wayne. I was like, okay. Bruce Wayne. It's Batman. <laughs> well, Wayne. <laughs> Anyways, so Wayne has been like all over the place, really between my two main cameras my two cell cameras for the most part um you know at some point every night he's in there and sometimes i've actually got him in daylight in the mornings quite a few times and in the afternoon some but then that other titan tall buck that smaller one he's the same way uh, heck um this is kind of weird i've been having a lot of pictures of bucks getting like grouped back up yeah i had a picture of four bucks just in the corn eating together uh, What was it It was the Titans Hall eight pointer Two spikes And I don't think it was a seven pointer I think it was something else I don't know But anyways There was four And then on the feeder I had a picture of five bucks too I mean small bucks But yeah. They haven't been like that Oh but I will say this I went Yesterday morning Yeah today's Sunday So yesterday morning I went out and Corned up all my spots And Pulled all my cam cards and everything. I found, which I hadn't been out there in a week, but I found so many new rubs, so many new scrapes. It's kind of it was it was it was really weird. Like I mean, I always when I go like when I'm yeah. driving to my spots, I'm always looking for new sign and stuff like that. You know, like we talked about, you always should be looking as you're going in and out and everything. And I found. Like, it was just constantly. I had Berkeley with man, and I was like, Berkeley, look at that rub. And, like, you'd literally go, like, just a little bit farther down the path, and I'd be like, look, there's another new rub. We found a, like, su- a
0: couple of, like, super fresh uh, scrapes and stuff. Have you checked that? This is off- a little off topic, but have you checked that uh, camera we put up on that scrape? Yep. Anything? Oh, yeah. They're using it like crazy. What what What's using it? The
1: seven-pointer was in there. It's, it's weird. It was, like, just different bucks, which... I left it in there for a week, which I was going to grab the camera off of it and move it. But I was like, no, I'll just grab a card, see what's on it. And then, the but side. since, I mean, there was probably in a week, there was probably a hundred pictures on it at oh, least. That's not bad. I mean, there was a lot of, there was a lot of does that would come up and, and sniff on the scrape and stuff, Sn- you know. Have sm- they
0: reopened? Like, have they kept it open?
1: Oh, there was a few pictures of them scraping, scraping and stuff. That's pretty awesome. But I, I didn't them. check that camera Saturday. I left that one alone. So that was, oh, I haven't checked it in a week. I checked it the day we were supposed to go in.
0: Yeah. I think we need to do a set there. Uh, some sort of, find a way to do a set. Oh yeah, because like every time when
1: one. I come out of the, like from the box standout, there's always deer in that back corner of the field. Yeah. But, anyways, I found a whole lot of fresh sun. It was like, i mean pre-rut all yeah. over again it was crazy which i mean the second i put that in quotation is the second rut is kind of kicking in i mean it's been roughly right or, right at a month since you know yeah, things fun. were hot and heavy so any does that didn't get bred or coming back in and stuff like that
0: still searching yeah this is a good it's a fun time of year to hunt oh it is it's a tough time, but it's a fun time, I think. Yeah. I always get a little more out of it. If I've killed a deer at this point, I don't hunt that hard this time of year, but I definitely enjoy running cameras and still getting out there. I mean, I, there's not many hunts in December that I go and don't see deer. Yeah. I mean, you usually see deer something. Oh, yeah.
1: Well, um. so me and Bradley, we went – so we go to a fairly large church called uh, the Lamb's Chapel – I mean, do you know how many members are in it? I don't no, even know A bunch A couple thousand probably right? Yeah,
0: there's, I mean, that member-wise I mean, on the roll, I think there's like 5,000 But there's only You know, we have two services At the first service, we have like 500 people second service is like 1,200 people probably Yeah Well, anyways So there's a pretty big
1: student ministry there um, High school, middle school And then the younger ones, too But the middle school They did a, well, let's back up a second. So there's a guy that attends our church and he owns a big farm up in Caswell County. And, uh, what was his name again? Dennis. Dennis. That's right. And Dennis came to Mike Smith, who's over top of the middle school, right? Yep. Yeah. And anyways, he told him, he was like, look, um, God's kind of talking to me and he's wanting me to let y'all do a middle school hunt. Like, let's get some kids out here and take them hunting for the first time. So, anyways, uh, that got put together, and they did a drawing for 14 kids. I did find that out. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah, they did a drawing for 14 kids. And uh, Dennis and then Mike, what's the other name? Mike Murray. No, no, that's not right. Donald. Donald Murray, that's right. So there was Dennis and Donald, and they are neighbors, side by side, and they both have big farms. Um, I think Dennis's was like 200. 232
0: acres. Yep. And mm-hmm. then
1: Donald's was 100. Right, right over
0: 100, he said. Mm-hmm.
1: And so, And they went out all the week prior to yesterday and set up ground blinds, um, mostly just yeah. ground blinds just to be safer and everything. But then they had a couple of tower stands and like one ladder stand, I think, is all yeah. that was used but um and we got to go out there me and Bradley both volunteered to uh to 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 be a chaperone for a kid to take a kid hunting um you want to talk about yours first yeah
0: so I got my my kid's name was Tucker and uh he had been hunting a a couple times before his family hunts they have some land um, but he had never killed a deer he was 12 years old in sixth grade and uh so this was his you know, one of the, one of his first times actually being the shooter. He said most of the time he would hunt, he'd go with his mom, and his mom was a shooter. But so he was pumped up. He didn't stop talking the whole time. But we had an absolute blast. We didn't see a single deer. We were sitting in a ground blind on the edge of a field, looking into the a, into a, in the woods. Um, it was a pretty pretty neat looking spot. But there was there was a lot going on yesterday, and so oh, not yeah. not a lot of us saw deer. But it was uh it was also really warm yesterday too. Yeah, we had a, a lot going
1: against us for sure.
0: Um, my kid, his name was
1: Lucas. He was 11 years old and he was a sixth grader as well. Um, he had never been hunting. He had never actually shot a gun before. And so beforehand, you know, I really went over some gun safety stuff and, and everything like that. Um, very respectable and all that. Not as we walked out to the blind and everything, I found a couple of scrapes and I was you Know explaining to him what that was and rubs and stuff like that deer trails, deer tracks. Um, we also did not see anything, um, but like you know, like Bradley was saying, it was really warm, it was like in the 70s yeah, yesterday, like 73 or something, yeah. And then, I mean, granted, you got to think about this too. I mean, you got 14 kids
0: with 14 at adults
1: at least because yeah. there was a couple that had uh, three,
0: yeah, and going out there and you just I mean, they were taking yeah. us to, they took us to all the stands, so you had yep. trucks going back and forth, and for, you know, for the first hours, 45 minutes or so, getting everybody in their stands. Yeah. And then we had the neighboring property, they were doing a, a man the drive, job, running yep. dogs, because, yep. and so it was loud the whole time, until the last 30 minutes, when it finally got quiet. Yep. But
1: there was, there was only one deer shot at, and one deer killed, and it was actually a, a dandy.
0: It was a, a nice eight-pointer. A, yeah. With a broken brow.
1: Yeah. It was a really nice deer. <laughs> You're really nice, and then. He ended up. Um, so what they were? They had door prizes afterwards, and the biggest buck killed of the day actually got a uh, a free mount. So he he obviously won that. But um, so yeah, congratulations. Well, I forget what his name was. Uh, Noah.
0: Noah, that's right. Never been hunting either. He had never been hunting. Him and his dad were sitting together. I think. Yep. It was a really cool event. And oh, yeah. They said they're going to try and do it annually, do it again next year. Yep. They're going to try and do it on Youth Day next year, and then mm-hmm. also try and do one in December as well. So that that will be something to look forward to, yep. and I'm, I'm excited about it. Too. Oh, yeah,
1: and it was a
0: beautiful piece of property. Yeah. Like, I was sitting there like, man. And they had food ready for us. We come out oh, of the blind, yeah. and they had cooked up some deer tenderloin, deer hams, and then they had cooked up some quail, pheasant, and dove. Yep. And then a whole bunch of fixings with them. And crappy. Crappy, yep. Yep. But it was some dang good food that they had yeah, prepared was. While we were all sitting out there in Good the
1: fellowship I really enjoyed sitting and just talking You know we just sat in the blind and kind of whispered And, and talked And you know I wanted to Not necessarily make like a dramatic impact but at the same time make an impact as you know i didn't want to just sit there yeah
0: you know what i'm saying just sit there and well yeah there's a it's hard to sit there with just a middle schooler anyway so definitely with the one i had he he talked a lot which was good i mean i'm i'm the type of person when I go deer hunting I talk a lot anyways like I w- not loud enough to usually impact on deer hunting but I'm I like going with people for the reason of building camaraderie and building friendships out there in the woods it's just one of the best places to, to be make those memories and so that was a lot of fun doing that with Tucker I got to know all about this kid and yeah all about his life and it was really really neat
1: <coughs> yeah and that was the thing with Lucas too I got, I got to you know just kind of dive into his life and just find out what he was about and what he liked to do and and all that stuff. I re- I really really enjoyed it. Um I was a little nervous at yeah, you know, I was earlier in the week because I was just like, man, you about to you know take fourteen middle schoolers something <laughs> that I've possibly never been before. But it was done very very well. I was very pleased
0: with how safe it actually was. Yeah, it was it was good. They they put it they put it on really really well. I was impressed by that. And I really enjoyed, too, getting to talk, like, definitely since doing this podcast and, you know, really, it makes you think about hunting and from a different aspect of, and not necessarily in the point of trying to teach it, but just trying to think through what we do and why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. And so sitting out there in the blind, I was talking to Tucker the whole time about, you know just telling them the ins and outs of what I knew about hunting and, and what I'd learned this year and stuff. And that was really neat to just try and impart some of that wisdom to somebody that's 12 years old. Cause if I'd have had somebody like that, that was giving me all of that stuff when I was 12, I'd probably be a lot better deer hunter than I am right now.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, um, I will say this. Um, if y'all are local to the area and y'all would be willing to uh, probably volunteer next year. Cause I, I, you know, taking the kids also preparing the food yeah. and, or just helping out in general um i'm sure mike would probably really appreciate that um so i we'll talk about it again before it happens next year and all that stuff and maybe get y'all some more info on that but um well bradley you got a christmas present already didn't
0: you i did so my wife really surprised me She surprised me with the thought of wanting to get me a new bow and i was like she she told me she was going to get me something and it was expensive and I was like well what is it I was like I don't want you to go spend $800 if I don't want it or need it and she was like well I was thinking about getting you a new bow and I was like oh I need that yeah (laughs) definitely I've been wanting a new bow for a while I mean the bow I've been shooting was a 2013 Hoyt um spider and I don't want to hear it it was a it was a great bow and I loved it and I didn't need a new bow um but I you know I'm the type of guy I'm really big into archery um in the sense of just like
1: the ins and outs yeah the ins and
0: outs of like i'm not a guy that's going to collect a whole lot of guns in my life there's two things that i really enjoy like the gear side of things and it's archery and knives Mm -hmm. and so like i don't have a whole lot of bows because they're expensive as butt to own or to Mm -hmm. buy but when i get one like i just love you know i'll sit there and work on my bow all year long just trying different things see what works the best and stuff yeah and so when she said that i was like yeah and uh, obviously, I didn't we didn't have the money to go out and buy, you know, a brand new $1,600 Hoyt. So, I, we started looking at them. And she had wanted to buy me the Hoyt Torx, which is last year, come out last year. It's one of their mid price bows. It's like 650 bucks. And so, I went and shot it. And we bought it. And it is a sweet shooting little bow. Yeah. And.
1: Well, you know, I'll, I'll say this. You are a really good shot with a bow. That's one thing that I tell a lot of people when I get to talk about bow hunting. I'll be like, dude, my brother-in-law. He straight will uh, stack arrows. He's, yeah, he's which, but you put a lot of time into.
0: Yeah, it. I've. I mean, I, I got to a point in my life where I wasn't bow hunting for deer a whole lot, but I was shooting bow. Mm-hmm. I mean, from. Year-round, every day. There was a point, like, when I wasn't married and didn't have any responsibility, I wasn't going to work, I would literally, every single day, I'd go shoot for two hours or so. And, I, I mean, when I was shooting back that much, I wasn't shooting anything less than 50 yards. I was shooting 50 to 75 yards every day. And so I got really good at it. I mean, I won a tournament or two back when I shot some 3D stuff. I only shot 3D for one year um, until I actually my bow that I had back then snapped in half um, on a bow press. Somebody well, was trying to put new limbs on When
1: we went to school together for that semester – We shot a lot. I was about to say, how many errors do you think that we shot?
0: A lot. We shot just about every day. Yeah, we shot just about every day as well. Oh yeah, and it's just something that I really enjoy. And even (laughs) I'm going down, going down. I got out of it for a while, but when I picked when I bought my Hoyt back in 2016, um, for three or four years, I shot it every single day. And then I got married, and I haven't. I don't shoot as much now, um, just because I've got a lot more responsibilities. But I still try. I mean, two or three times a week, I'm out there, just you know, four or five, ten groups just shooting at the target and that's just what I love and this bow I'm excited about this bow because you know you watch hunting shows on tv and everybody's using the top of the line flagship bows and they're getting a brand new one every year because they're sponsored and you know obviously if you're sponsored by Hoyt Hoyt wants you to have their brand new bow so you can try and sell as many new bows and you know obviously their top of the line bows are sick they got those carbon risers and all that but I was really excited to go with the mid-price bow because that's going to be the price range that a lot of guys are going to be able to afford and When I picked that thing up and shot it, I mean it shoots better than my 2013 flagship bow that I had, and so I'm excited to get on some deer with it.
1: Yeah, you gonna try to shoot one this year with it? I'm thinking about it. Yeah,
0: I've got it dialed in. I'm deadly at 40 yards. Like I'm within the size of a quarter almost at 40 yards with that thing, which I can never do. Oh, that's it. Yeah.
1: Oh, come on, dude. You gotta (laughs) step that. You gotta step that up once in a while.
0: But so it, it's gonna be fun. I'm excited. It's all blacked out too, which is awesome. Cause my old bow, I didn't get to pick the color. Cause I bought it second hand. This one I got to yeah. pick, and I got
1: it all black. I got to shoot it. It's it it's, it is really sweet.
0: All right,
1: so let's roll into post rut. That's what the stage that of our season, at least here in Central North Carolina. That's where that's where our deer are, are basically at. Uh, Bradley, you want to explain what? post rut is exactly in in case somebody uh, doesn't know
0: after the rut (laughs) So, so like so after your does have been bred your bucks no longer need to breed does they no longer have the drive to breed does and so they just transition away from being crazy and chasing does and you know during rut they're not they're not thinking about eating they're not thinking about sleeping drinking they're literally just thinking about where's the next hot doe, where's the next hot doe, and that's why they're on their feet all the time that's why you can catch them that's the best time to hunt so after after you know the majority of the does have been bred, they get back into the we gotta find some food. Yep. And so that's basically what post rut is. It's after after the Peak Breed. Yep. So.
1: Yeah, I mean you spot on. Yeah. <laughs> Good job. <Thanks. laughs> we did not even prepare that. <laughs> yeah. That was nice. Um yeah, I mean I'd literally have nothing to add to that. Um they, they lose a lot of weight yeah, during the rut and all that kind of stuff. So like Riley said, they're, they're their their mindset is starting to change. Now, granted, there are going to be some stragglers, especially in our area mm-hmm. with our deer population as much as it is in our uh, buck-to-doe ratio is as messed up as it is here. All the does that came in in early November, early to mid-November, no- not all of them got bred. Like we've said in the past, a doe goes into estrus every 30 days after she starts, yep. after her first go-around. And if she does not get bred... In which there's only like a, I think it's like a four day window, five day yeah, window. It's, it's I think like it's
0: that. even smaller than that. I think it's like three three days, two or three days. Yeah, it
1: might even be like that. And if they don't get bred in that time frame, then thirty days yep. before it goes back in again. Yeah, their whole their cycle starts over again. So you'll have a couple of stragglers where you know, you might see some chasing, some breeding, you know that kind of stuff still going on during this post rut time but majority of the deer are they're they're changing they're transitioning they're they're starting to kind of almost settle back down yeah um it's kind of
0: they get a lot more back into their pattern of yes morning time like you know you're hunting you know during a rut you can literally sit all day long and you could see deer all day long and you can still do that this time of year, but it's yeah. going to be you know they're going to come out first hour of light, last out last hour of light, and that's when you're going to mainly see them. And then you know bedding yeah. during the day, and
1: they're kind of going into like the the October ish kind of thing to where they're starting they're feeding back up. Yeah, they're getting ready for winter. Your does are now pregnant, so they're now eating more. Be you know yeah. they they're pregnant, just like a, a woman. You know they they have to. Supply nutrients for themselves as well as one, two, possibly three fawns that they are um, having inside them. So those are eating a lot in bucks. Like I said, they lost a lot of weight. They burned a lot of energy for a month. So they're starting to be like, okay, <laughs> I got to go find yeah, some food. Got to get some food. Yep. And which another thing is, and and that's why I think that my cam checks haven't changed as far as my deer because they're, they're kind of at that stage right now so they figured out there's food there i got everything i yeah. need i'm cool here not really that many people are bothering me
0: don't need to move yep. exactly it, it goes back to the you know your early season tactics is what you're going to be using a lot to to catch deer this time of year other than you know, you're not gonna be hunting the same food sources that nope. you were back in September and October because nope. those are dead and gone. Yep. Um and there's hardly any acorns left in the woods probably. So I mean, stuff like that, you're you gotta find new food sources. But green. Yeah. Anything I mean green we talk about that a lot. Green is what where you wanna be any time of year anyways. Mm-hmm. But definitely this time of year because it's gonna have the most nutrients.
1: Oh yeah. Um, you know, that's why a lot of people plant um like late season food plots. It's for this exact time. Yeah. Because all your crops are picked and gone. Um, all your leaves on your trees have now uh, fallen off. You know, they're they've done changed colors, fallen off. Um so you the green. You need green. Yep. You know, people are planting uh all kinds of different stuff. You know a lot more of like what kind of food plot and stuff. I know you've yeah, been I'd, actually looking into that. I kind haven't of stuff researched
0: lately. it a whole lot here lately, but I mean there's a uh, I mean, to be honest with you, you, you caught me at a time where my mind was blank and I wasn't. Re- well, I know, that, you know,
1: different grasses.
0: Yeah, a lot like. Of like rise, I think. And yeah. Stuff like that, that grow. Grass is going to be colder. a big thing anyways. Yes. Because that, I mean, there's not going to be a lot, a lot of food sources. I mean, there are quite a few if you really research it that stay green, you know, mm-hmm. through December. But, you know, if you're not planting anything and you have a green grassy field on your property, oh, yeah. they're going to be hitting it.
1: Yep. Well, see, because my cut cornfield, there's nothing in it. Yeah. Except for my feeder. Yep. And so I haven't really cared to be hunting there because I'm like, yeah, I I do usually end up seeing a couple of deer, but they're not like, the deer aren't coming from their bedding areas to say, Hey, we need to go to that field because there's food there. The ones that I catch at the feeder on camera, I think are passing through. Yeah. And, and stuff like you're that you're
0: catching them on your small field which is you know yes. oh, it's got it's yep. a grassy field and you're catching them in your little pond thicket area which yep. has got grass and yep. lanes in it exactly and it's just gonna be where there's a little bit more green and that's where they want us to tend to be at.
1: well so me and berkeley we hunted this evening and we seen four does total and i had two little ones in the actually in the corn which my corn pile is in my lane and Um, there was two in the corn and this other doe come out and she actually fed in the grass and never, like her picture never got taken because she never came up to the corn. She fed around in the grass and stuff like that. The other doe came up downwind of us and ended up smelling us and running off. But, um, but yeah, one of those doe never,
0: never came. That's, yeah, that's when I hunted Sunday, that's one thing. Corn piles this time of year, they work, deer will feed at them, but they don't work as effective as early season. Yeah. Um, because in my opinion, pressure. Deer have yeah, been on a corn pile all true. year long. They're getting shot at over a corn pile. And so like I hunted last Sunday, I saw two two button bucks, two fawns, come out of my pine thicket and went straight to my corn pile and fed in corn. Their mama doe literally stood at the edge of the pines, watched them for thirty minutes. They turned around, stopped eating corn, went back up to her and she they turned and went the other way. She never yep. came to the corn. They just don't care to be around that corn. Definitely the yep. bigger mature deer. And you'll have some bucks still feeding you. You're not. I
1: think I think my corn piles aren't necessarily there right now for to try to get to kill something it's more or less to keep the deer around yeah, to give the them deer something around, there
0: take get pictures get pictures yeah. exactly they'll eat a corn pile in the dark yeah exactly I mean, all the pigs, I a lot a lot of the good night. pictures of does and bucks i'm getting is at nighttime. oh yeah
1: mine too same same thing um so well here you go how how would you well have you changed setups i know you've kind of slowed down just because all that stuff which i have too yeah because i don't really have a shooter on camera same as same <clears> as you
0: so I, I haven't changed my setups yet um other than i've started putting corn out at my my stand that's closer to the house just because this time of year i really like to hunt up close by the house just because i think the deer use that as a travel corridor very well um, mm. they use the river bot- the creek bottom just as much too but it's just easier for me to get in and out and go hunt for an hour and a half on well, the afternoon okay
1: here here you go here's a way to to get you to break into it If you ended up getting a shooter on camera regularly, what are my tactics? Yeah, I was about. What would
0: what would you do then? So on my property, I've explained this before. We got my neighbor's house, which is if you're looking at my house from the road, he's on my right. He's got about six acres, and it's you know a triangle, 450 yards long down to the creek bottom. It starts out about 80 yards wide, and it goes down to about 20 yards wide at the creek. About a little triangle. And nothing but pines pretty much the whole way. And, you know, 15-year-old pines, too. They're not small yeah. pines. So, I mean, you can easily walk through them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to hunt just because it's still thick. Um, yeah. You've got a 20-yard shot, basically. And then once you get past the pines, you get real thick stuff, which is where the, my blind was in bow season, and they lay a bunch of rubs. Um, it's a bunch <laughs> of little cedar trees, a bunch of just little saplings, and... The deer coming off the neighbor's property through that and then getting, you know, into the big hardwoods, which is on the left side of this guy's property. Which I So also it's have a permission. big transition yeah. line. And so my setup, and I, I realized this the other day when I was hunting last Sunday, that that doe and the fawn came out of the pines. Um, and there's two, way, there's two things that usually happen when I sit that stand. They either come out of the bedding area, which is by the house, up closer to the houses, and they'll come up to where this corn pile is from the left, or they'll come through the pines. And they'll walk, you know, 60 yards into the hardwoods, eat corn, and then walk straight back to the pines. And it hit me that they're using those pines as to travel mm-hmm. because it's real thick. I mean, it's thick enough to where, like, they feel safe. They feel like nothing. You know, I don't walk those pines hardly ever. I did last year because I was using them as my – it's way quieter to walk through yeah, pines. Than I was a had, shield to get yeah, down there. To yeah, to get to my blind. This year I decided I wasn't going to do that. I was just going to continue – I was just going to walk the same trail that I – put my, you know, ride my four-wheeler on to go down in there. And so I've been doing that this year. So I haven't hardly stepped foot in those pines. And it made me think, you know, that doe never came out of those pines. She literally stood mm-hmm. at the edge of the pines the whole time. So, and three years ago when I first got permission, the only per- property I had to hunt was where the pines were. I didn't hunt a lot because I couldn't figure out the setup to hunt though Yeah. And so I got to thinking this time of year when the deer have been pressured as much as they've been pressured, definitely around where I hunt and there's, you know, five or six guys that hunt within them half a mile radius of me mm-hmm. they want to find somewhere that they can travel and cover is my thought and so if i get a new buck they're going to be using like they always use the pines anyways yeah um, throughout the whole year but i really think this time of year they're using those pines to get to and from their bedding and to the food sources and because reason behind that when i only had that guy's property to hunt i ran three cameras on six acres i remember that and in it a was straight line in straight a straight down. line all the way down to the creek and every single p- camera picked up different deer, and all of them were picking up good bucks. All yeah. and all, it was, was all only month I got it was in December because it was I, I had just moved in to that house, and it was bucks all year long. I mean, all December long through this. Well, now I'm I mean I've got my camera over my corn piles and I got one over a scrape. I'm hardly getting any bucks. So I was like, what if they're they're just you know they're obviously not eating my corn during the daytime. Mm-hmm. They're probably using those pines because I know they're still there. Yeah. Um, For the most part, you know, some of them probably aren't
1: there. You need to go get your
0: $30 money. I'm probably going to. And also, I think I may just go sit it. Find a way to sit in the hardwoods, looking into the pines where I can get a good shot and see. Because there's one main trail that runs through it. And then there's a couple that cut across it. And I think that's going to be my hunting setup for the tail end of the year. Just because of, that's where I think the deer are moving at. I like Uh, it. They're going to be in that cover. I like it a lot. And it's not being pressured.
1: Yeah. So, mine is a little bit different. Um, if I started getting a buck, or now, granted, this is a complete different situation. You know, I'm running seven cameras. So, if I'm getting a buck that's showing up on one or two or three cameras regularly, and <clears throat> I can kind of figure out where he might be bedding, I can definitely figure out what he's traveling. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I've started to put together later down this road of this year is through my cameras. Is if I get a picture, especially between my two cell cameras, if I get a picture of a deer on one camera, and then 20 minutes later across the farm, I get a picture of the same buck. I'm I'm sitting there going, "I, (laughs) I bet he traveled," you know, the ridge line straight back across. To get over there that quick. yeah. Or. You know. And then. I try to remember. What. You know. What day it was. Or whatever. Or or I can go back and look. And if I pick him up. Like in the front field. I'll be like. Okay. He literally made a half moon shape. And swerved right around. He went from there. To up there. And back down. So. Like. That's kind of something I've been doing. So if I do get a shooter. Like a big deer. On camera. I'm going to. Really put the pieces together as much as I can with the trail camera without going in there. I'm going to get as much yeah. as I can figure out possibly where he might be bedding. That is one thing that is great about a cell camera. I think Yeah. is that if he comes in there, let's say at seven o'clock in the morning, you don't get him on any of the other cameras or nothing like that. He's not far. No. So then you start thinking, okay, I wonder if he's bedding there, there, there. So then all of a sudden, that afternoon, you get him on this camera. So you're like, he must have went and bedded here. You get yep. what I'm saying? Because yep. otherwise, if he bedded on this side, you he probably would have walked hit back there through first. there and then went over there, but instead he hit that one first. So I would try to figure out where he's bedding and g- figure out a game plan to probably get close to his bedding, bedding. Um, and cut him off before he gets to food. Because, again, now we are getting – I, or at least I am, I am getting some daylight pictures of, of some of these books. Yeah. I'm getting a couple, you know, but you know, the majority of these pictures are at night. Yeah. And that's another thing too. What Man,
0: mine, it, mine are right after dark, right after, yeah. right after tailing. Well, end.
1: for instance, you know, me and Berkeley hunted, the one Stan and dad hunted the field this evening. And before I got home, the seven-pointer was in the little field. Yeah. Which we didn't hunt there tonight yeah. in the little field, but he was in the little field before I even got home. Right after shooting. hmm It was only in there, too, for like four pictures. Yeah. About four pictures or so. So, you know, he was in and out of there real quick. Um, but that would be what I would do is try to figure out where he's betting. That would probably be my number one goal. Where is he betting? Yeah. Then from there, try to figure out a way to cut him off. Using you know wind and yep. all that different stuff.
0: I think that's one of the best tactics. That's another reason too with these pines. I have a theory, and it, I I can't really confirm this theory because I, I, they're betting on the neighbor's property. Other say, than yeah. the one one bedding area, I know is on our property, um, but it's not a hardcore bedding area. It's just something that they'll bet in every once in a while, and bucks will bet in it, doves will bet in it. But I have a theory that they're betting on the neighbor's property, and transitioning then like right like probably not even 100 yards on, on the other on the right over the line and then they're transitioning through those pines and using those pines to walk you know up and down the property from the creek to the houses in that area and then get to the creek and you know they're either going across the creek to where there's a lot more food over there and then coming back and so that's my reason for also getting in those pines is because i think that's where i'm going to catch one moving to and from the bed because that's that's going to be your where you're going to catch them, you, you kind of go back to your hunting tactics that you use during the October lull.
1: Yes, just opinion. different food sources. Yeah,
0: yeah, different food sources. But you're going to be hunting, you know, trying to get closer to bedding, trying to get, or you know, you're trying like trying to find those trails to and from bedding is going to be your best bet because they're not usually going to get to the food source till right after light or right before light or you know coming back from right before light.
1: So. Are you doing anything to try and entice these deer to be on your property
0: this time of year? Not right now. Um, I plan to next year. Yeah. Um, this year, I didn't have enough knowledge to really think, okay, I can make my twenty-acre block of woods better. Until doing this podcast, talking with some of the guys we've yeah. talked to, um, I've learned a lot and come <laughs> up with I've come up with a really a game plan of what I want to do next year to help me during this time of the year and, you know, for the rest of the season too. Yeah. And so right now though, my plan, I'm not really planning on doing much this season into it because one, if I do have a buck show up, I don't want to be trampling in the woods right now because I don't want to put any more pressure on the deer that's yeah. already been put on them. And, you know, originally my thought was I was going to go in there and just, you know, call a season a quit almost and just go in there and do some stuff. But I was like, you know what? I've had some good bucks show up in December. I'm going to try and, you know, my wife still hasn't killed a deer yet this year. I want to get her on one. And so, I'm kind of just going to hold out and just hunt that the pines, or hunt my maybe not even the pines, just hunt where the pines transition into the a different part like into yeah. the, the other hardwoods, and that's going to be my game plan. And the next year, I've got some stuff that I want to do, and you know, I want to plant some grasses and stuff that are like in the woods, yeah, um, that will maybe even plant it a couple times through deer season. Even yeah. if it's just rye grass, just plant something green mm-hmm. in, a, in a particular spot that I've got picked out right now. And then also I've got a little circle field right behind the house um, that I want to try and plant. I want to honestly try and plant like a real food plot in that. Yeah. And then maybe even, you know, try and plant something that'll stay green. Yeah. But for now, I don't have any plans to do anything this year just because like I haven't called my season to quit, but I mean, I've already killed a buck. I don't care to kill another buck. I don't need any more meat. I mean, if, if any body kills another buck i want my wife to get on one she hadn't killed yeah. deer in a while and so i'm basically just monitoring cameras keeping my corn piles fresh um but i one thing i am doing and i don't know if this is going to help but in my head you put 50 pounds of corn out deer will eat it in three days mm-hmm. you go out there and put 200 pounds of corn out <laughs> it takes them a lot longer to eat it and i think in in my head, the deer view that as, okay, this is a more substantial food source than just the fifty pounds and this could be completely bogus. Thoughts, Bradley. Yeah, this is my thought. (laughs) And also it keeps me out of the woods a lot longer. That's one of the main things is I don't have to go out there every three days and put corn. But like if I have two hundred pounds of corn out there, I've had two hundred pounds I put two hundred pounds of corn out a week and a half ago. I've still probably got fifty pounds left. Really? And so I mean they're eating a ton of I mean I got a thousand pictures in four days the other day and they're eating it. So I'm just like, you know what? If I can you know, if I was a deer, I'd be like, oh, "There's a big old corn pile over there. I'm gonna go <laughs> eat that one instead of this little tiny one." That's my thought process. But I'm gonna keep my corn piles fresh is the main thing, and just yeah. monitor my cameras. Maybe throw up a camera in that transition in the pines just to see. Because I really it, think you need to do that. Yeah, I think uh, three three years ago when I wasn't hunting, really, I mean, I was getting a ton of bucks through December. I mean, nothing crazy, crazy big, but I mean, I was getting them all daylight pictures too. I didn't have yeah. no corn piles out there. I literally was yep. just on the trail, just on the trail, and. It was just about every single day you'd have a buck walk through this, and during daylight. So I'm like, I'm thinking that's probably what's going on every year, and I'm, I've never hunted that.
1: Oh yeah, well, um, yeah. For me, I do have some greenery on my property, not much, but I do have some. Um, but the same as Bradley, I have some really good ideas. Well, for instance, today. When I was sitting in the pine field today, I was sitting there the whole time. I was just looking and I was like, all right, I need to cut those pines back there. I want to plant down through here. I want to do this. Like, that's what I was yep. doing while I was sitting in the deer stand is I was planning. So when I go out there, I don't really have to stand there and look for 30 minutes. I done sat there for two and a half hours today looking at it, yeah. figuring out what I wanted to do. But um, next year, like, and again, like Bradley said, I've learned so much so much just from doing this podcast um that i have some ideas some goals and some plans for next year and i've i've already told bradley this what yesterday i think yeah on the way yeah to the hunt yeah i was like dude this might sound bad but i'm almost excited for deer season to end because i'm ready to start next year like in january i'm ready to start yeah doing stuff that's exactly Um, where i'm at yeah so (laughs) um but as far as like what i'm trying to do to keep deer on me right now is corn and also staying out as much as Mm -hmm. i can i'm not really hunting that much i might hunt once a week and a lot of times it's me taking berkeley here lately um because you know i'll let him which I, I, he wanted to shoot one of them does so bad tonight, and I was like, "Look, dude, not tonight. It's Sunday night. You got to go to school in the morning. I ain't trying to be out here all night doing all this." But um, so I held him back tonight, and it was hard. I wanted to let him yeah. shoot. He was begging
0: me. Going to happen next time. He's oh, I premature. will. And that's
1: what I told him. I was like, "Dude, look, we have, we still got what three and a half weeks left yeah. of deer season." I'm like, "Look, dude, I promise you, we gonna you gonna get your shot at a doe for sure." But, um, them two bigger bucks that I got on camera, that seven and that, uh, Titan Tall, Wayne Titan Tall two. That's what I call him, TT2. But, um, he, uh, I kind of want him to shoot one of them. Yeah. And they're showing up pretty regular. So I think it's just a matter of time and we're going to be sitting there and, and they're going to walk out. But, um, but, you know, I'm trying to stay out as much as I can. I'm, you know, putting out corn. Once a week, I might have dad run out there if, like, I know for a fact me and Berkeley are going on Saturday or something like that. I might have dad run out there in the middle of the week and throw me out, just, you know, a bag yeah. at, at the two spots. But, um, you know, I'm just really excited for next year. You know, I, I want to, I do want to keep those deer there. Yeah. So, it, it, I don't want to, which is Part of the reason why I'm still putting out corn, because to be honest with you, if if I didn't have anything that I even cared to have next year, I don't even know if I'd put out corn right now. Yeah, I might would just run cameras, but I really want if Berkeley doesn't shoot Wayne and TT two, then like I want them to be there next year. Yeah, so I'm trying to keep them.
0: And they've been around the whole season,
1: all season. They ain't left all season. The seven pointer showed up like maybe the beginning of October. Yeah. You know, but the other one has they been in and out the whole time when I thought that there was only one, but there were two yeah. running around. But, anyways, um you know, so I really want to keep them there, keep them on a property that the only way they're going to get shot is if Berkeley shoots them, you know. So if I can keep them there, then that'll be good, you know. But I don't know. I'm also, so here's another thing, though, too. Um, I was all about, like, I need to shoot some does. I've always been, like, always tried to kill a couple does off your property, you know, just to kind of keep the blood cycle rolling and all that stuff, you know. But this year, which I actually talked to Matt Peterson about this last week, I I asked him, um, I have an abundance of bucks, small bucks, too. You know, obviously, because I don't even have a shooter on camera. But there is a lot. Like, I guarantee you, let's just say I have a week full of pictures. And there's, let's say, 1,500 to 1,800 pictures in a week. All right? On Out of those 1,800 pictures, I guarantee you 1,200 of them are pictures of bucks. Yeah. And, and they're all the same bucks that I, I've been yeah. seeing for a month now. You know, which is good. I'm not complaining about this. But I was like, Matt, I don't know. Like, what should I do? And he said, nothing. He was like, you are, you actually have what you want. Even though there's no shooters there. But you actually have what you want. And I was like, okay. I was like, so I don't need to shoot any does. He was like, I wouldn't. He's like, He was like, you could. I mean, it's not going to, like, kill you if you did. But he's like, he said that Buck's what do you say, 30% more chance, I think it was? Yeah. 30% chance that a buck will die from something other than a hunter, than a doe. Okay, so let me, that probably, the words probably did not really make sense. So a buck versus a doe. A doe, only predator they really got of dying is disease, old age, coyote maybe, I don't really. Cars. Cars. And a hunter A buck They got all of those But they're more susceptible I can't say that word
0: Susceptible
1: Yeah To disease Because they travel more They're running around a whole lot more Especially through the month of November run their immune system down too With Ex- how much they run Exactly So they have a, a greater chance of catching a disease Or some sort of sickness Greater chance of getting shot by a hunter Since they're traveling more They're probably crossing more roads Yep. And then on top of all that, they're fighting. They're running around like crazy with other things on their mind. They're just draining their bodies down to no end. <coughs> Excuse me. Way more than a doe. So like he was saying, that is a good thing because you're likely going to have a one or two bucks probably die from something other than a hunter. And I was like, huh. I never really thought about it like yeah. that. But that is... That makes perfect sense. And so I was like, okay. So I'm excited. He was like, you just need to keep them there. And I was like, okay, all right. Mm-hmm. Which is great because that's where my mindset has been for the last probably two weeks, probably. Yeah. Honestly, probably since the last podcast, I've, I've kind of transitioned over to, I mean, don't get me wrong. If a shooter shows up, I'm going hunting after him. Yeah. You know, but, you know. Or I, I actually I might even let my dad try to get on him. Yeah, probably depend on how big it was. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I'm um, just there's just a lot. I have a lot of future stuff that yeah. I'm really excited. Yeah, for. that's
0: where I'm at. I mean, I don't have, I don't expect a shooter to show up at my property because I mean, I I might if I put a camera up in those pines, I might start seeing some bucks that I hadn't been seeing, uh, but. The thing about hunting a block of woods and a small parcel like I've got, this time of year is really tough to hunt because I don't have anything that the deer want to eat on my property. Um, you know, they'll, they'll eat branches, they'll eat random things throughout the woods, but it's not like something that's really drawing in the deer, as opposed to like you have a couple green fields and you have some things that are going to want, that'll hold deer a little better. And so I'm not in like expecting a whole lot to happen for the last month of the season. Now, anything could, and you always mm-hmm. got to be ready for it, but... My mindset is, let's keep the bucks alive, keep the ones I do got showing up. And that's the other thing, too, is I don't have a lot of the bucks that I had. You know, I had I had the problem you had early. Yeah, now, I had that early did. season. You're right. I mean, I, have, I would get 30 different bucks on camera in a week and four does. And all of those deer basically disappeared other than, like, two spikes, a four-pointer, and two six-pointers. And they're coming in consistently, mm. um, which is still good for a 20-acre piece. So they've
1: kind of calmed down, and they've kind of called yep. that area home.
0: Yeah. And so – I'm not really uh, expecting a shooter, but I want to hold those deer that I do have. Mm-hmm. And also, like, those deer that I had early season this year, you know, there's a good chance that some of them are still alive. Um, because, you know, on a 20-acre piece, it's not big enough for them to, like, definitely this time of year, I, I believe their core range really shrinks this time of year. They they oh, yeah. they get they find what they need, and they stay in that area. And since I don't have, I'm missing a big piece of what they need, which is food. Yeah, um, They're not going to call where I live home. And so that's why a lot of bucks, when they move out for rut and they go chasing does a mile down the road, they'll find somewhere else they need. But they usually come back towards, you know, my property. I haven't got a lot of deer that I could say, oh yeah, that's that deer from last year. But yeah. I've got a couple from, you know, years past. I'm like, okay, yeah. And you, I get some of those bucks back early season next year. And so I'm kind of just, that's where my mindset is. Let's try and get my property for when early season hits next year. I've got the bucks I've got. And then also the bucks that do, you know, come by that I was getting, you know, I'd have two weeks of pictures of them and then I'd never see them again. I want to have something in my property that will hold them next year. So do you have any, what, okay, let me, hold on.
1: Let me see how I want to word this kind of question for you. How are you, (laughs) what are you doing? Wait, hold on, time out guys. Bear with me for a second here. Because how I have it wrote doesn't make any sense. But I know in my head what That's I want, want to, to say. say. Do you have – are you working on plans now to prepare for next year's goals? Yes. Do you understand that? Yes. Did that come out okay? Yeah, I got it. Everybody, did that come out okay? <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, perfect.
0: <laughs> yeah, I am. I've So I've sat down <clears> – <throat> Countless times this year. I mean, so this past Monday, me and Jaden, who was on here a couple weeks ago, we had to do a job up in Leesburg, Virginia, which is a five-hour drive from home. We literally drove five hours, worked on a tub for two hours, and then drove five hours back home. So it was a long day. That whole five-hour trip on the way back home, we took a piece of paper and drew out my my land and drew out what I wanted to do next year. And so my goals for next year is to kill a bigger buck than I killed this year. Um, kill I want to like my goal right now is not necessarily to go out there every year and kill a five and a half year old deer um, mainly because I'm not there yet <laughs> I want to kill a good like I want to kill a buck that I'm proud of and that's yeah. my goal for next year and uh, my buck that I killed this year was a dandy of a buck and I think I could top him next year and I want to do it with my boat so I've got that's my that's my goals for next year and I also want to get my wife on a deer next year mm-hmm. so my plans for that is I'm going to go in there and there's this one tre- this one spot early season where the deer would come into my property and they would either come to my corn pile or they would go across the creek. So what I'm doing, what my plan is, is to make that their only passageway. Because I, when I, where I sat early season in my blind, I would have deer 360 around me. Um, and that's going to be a hard thing to beat anyways, just from where I hunt. But what I want to do is make it to where they only have basically there's a fence all the way down back up to the house. It's got holes and gaps all in it which is why the deer literally cross anywhere on that thing. I want to make it to where they are only crossing in the same spot that they crossed early mainly crossed early season. So I'm going to hinge cut some trees and basically make a fence out of some trees and make it also cover for like if a deer's bedded over there and I'm walking in they're not going to see me cuz there's some there's a whole bunch of cover. And then so in that area you know, I'm going to clear out a spot. I'm going to, I'm going to try horizontal rub next year. I don't know if that's going to work in North Carolina or not, but they use it out in Iowa and hunt in public. So I'm like, I'm going to put the, I'm going to make a horizontal rub and put it out there because the deer rub the heck out of my trees. I mean, I literally have 50 rubs in this yeah. one area. So I'm like, if I just put a rubbing post out there that they can rub over and over again, it might entice them. Kind of ch- use it like a scrape. That's what they do. Yeah. And <clears throat> so I'm going to do that, and I'm going to try and plant some, some. I'm going to clear it out real good and plant some sort of grass, um, probably clover just something green for early season and have a stand my, my kill stand and so that's how i, I want to get on a, a buck in early season because i've yes. yet to do that
1: well and you always are, are usually having pretty mm-hmm. good bucks mm-hmm. like the first thing
0: early that's when season. i have the most so that's why i, I want to get on a buck like my goal is to get on a buck within the first two weeks of season next year a velvet buck that would be really cool Phil's velvet yeah and so my i've got some plans of what i want to do exactly to my land and i'm going to really research what i can plant out there i mean there's not going to lot grow and i'm still probably going to use a corn pile um but i want to try and get away from corn piles as much as i can because when it's going to eliminate me going having to go into the woods a lot yeah. if i can literally just have some sort of little food source even if it's not something that they're sitting there and eating for 30 minutes but something that they'll you know they'll Grades as they walk by because i know they're going to be using the same trail they've used it for three years in a row now and i'm going to really make them use that trail because i'm just going to make it the only access point into my property i like down there so that's that's my goals and then i haven't found out a way yet of how i'm going to try and hold bucks through the year but that's another goal is to try and hold bucks longer as opposed to getting to rut seeing a bunch of buck activity during the rut and then as soon as the 18th hits in november I hardly get buck pictures. So I want to try and have some deer later into the season so my wife can get on a deer because she's not a bow hunter yet. I'm going to try and get her a bow this next year. But she really can, you know, she's more apt to hunt with me in December when she has a little more free time or, you know, Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. And when she has some free time and can go out there for an hour and a half. And so that's my goals and that's a little bit of my plan. We're going to dive deep, I think, into that after the season of what we're going to do to the land. So I don't want to get too deep into it.
1: So I think for what you need what another thing that you need to focus on is getting more does yeah a way to hold does and i think then your bucks will come which i think in turn would be food
0: and i realized this year i have a lot more does than i get on camera um and we had two hunts in muzzleloader season where we went out there two days and two we went out on a wednesday morning and a saturday morning and saw a total of almost 40 deer yeah three of them were bucks and most of them were does now some of them they might have been the same group of does two days in a row or a couple days apart but it was a there was a lot of does but those does don't spend a lot of time on my property they spend their time across the creek and that was the majority of what we saw they would either they would walk across the creek walk through my woods and then walk right back across the creek which was really weird to me why they would do that but they did it and that was what and then some of them would come across the creek and go to my neighbor's food plot that he's got and so i mean I think it's holding a little bit more deer. Mainly, I think a lot of it has to do with my neighbor's food plot because um, he's got yes. a good food plot out there this year. And those those are not necessarily staying on my property, but they're used, They're crossing through it to get to his food plot, so that helps a lot. But yeah, I would agree with you. I need to find yeah. a way to to hold some does.
1: Yeah. Um. For me, I want to really focus on two areas of my property. Um, they are already. Probably, I would. Well, actually, technically, i want to kind of focus on three because I, I I do want to focus on that spot
0: that me and you found. Too. I think that'll be a good spot. It's gonna be tough to figure out what to do there, but I think it will be a good yes. a good pre-rut spot. Yeah.
1: So I let's 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 leave that one out right now. But for my other two spots, my little field and my pine field. So I've posted a picture of my pine field in the past, and it's literally a little field with basically some shooting lanes kind of cut through it is what it looks like. It used to be a field, and then some pines have grown up, but then they were able to go in with the bush hog and kind of mow around everything and make it as open as possible. Um, but I actually kind of like the pines in there. I was sitting there thinking about that today because it gives them a place to hide. They mm-hmm. feel like they're shielded. Yeah, you, you know? got
0: got basically a wall of pines mm-hmm. on each side and then a mowed out cut over right between where you can plant plant a food plant something or whatever you do there
1: but i'd like to plant food plot and then i've also been talking to matt which if you haven't seen or don't follow matt peterson was that peterson peterson wildlife yeah peterson's wildlife management on facebook he posted back last week um about different stuff to start getting ready to buy for next year to start doing your planting and stuff like that. And the main thing he was talking about is it's the time of year where you need to start planting your uh, trees. Um, And I called him and I asked him, you know, I want something that is going to produce fruit or, you know, something that's going to attract the deer Um, fairly quick from planting. You know, I don't necessarily want to buy an oak tree and plant it and be waiting 30 years to get get a good acorn crop but um and he mentioned to me um something pear chavis pear i don't know some kind of pear tree that he sells he has a whole list of trees and stuff that he sells that you can buy from him and all that stuff anyways i'm going to get two and plant one in each field um basically right in the middle of it mm-hmm. plant food plot around it and all that stuff um i need to do a lot of trimming i need i want to get those set up to where those are going to really be my kill zones like those are going to be which they already are yeah but i want to make them great you know yeah i like that um i also I still have not. I want to cover every square inch of that property. Yeah, that was one which thing. Me, I, yeah, I was going
0: to mention to you.
1: Yeah, which because we've been talking about it. I literally want to go through after season, obviously, and walk every square inch that I possibly can, and I want to see. We need to do it right after deer season. Yeah, and I say we because I want you to come with me. Okay. Um. Because that way, then we can see trails. We can see how they're getting from. Place to place, scrapes. yeah, scrapes, rubs, all that stuff, so we can see. Which, again, that is the great one of the best times. Which I think last draw actually mentioned that the best time to actually go and scout for next year is January, yeah, direct. Well, for us, because it's directly after deer season, yeah. Whenever your deer season ends, boom, go scouting, go walk, and um, not to mention, do it a couple times, and you can even go during shed hunting time yeah and go find sheds and stuff like that too
0: and then you start doing when you turkey hunting
1: yeah yeah exactly but that's kind of i know it's pretty it doesn't seem like a lot but it's going to be a lot yeah. of work which me and bradley have finally figured out access to a tractor yeah um with a couple of implements so we're going to be able to use those um probably definitely on my property i don't know if we would get it down to yours I think we could. Because it's a compact tractor. Yeah,
0: it's a small tractor. It should work. we we'll would plow or some trees if we got to. Oh, yeah. I can get my lawnmower through the woods. I, I think if I can get the lawnmower with a 48-inch deck on there, you should be able to get the tractor in there. It's The look...
1: tractor's a little bit bigger than Well, the, the, the
0: implements are 48 inches.
1: Are they? <laughs> <Yeah>. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, anyways, so that's kind of what I'm – have really I, been on my mind lately.
0: I think for your property – when I think you need to set up in like you need to have you a pre-rut setup in the woods. Yes, I agree. You, but you that's ha- my problem. Yeah, you don't have it. you don't know know a spot well enough. Like, you don't you know it well enough, but you need you haven't you know I guess looked over find like yeah. okay this is where they're using during pre-rut because that that's one thing that I think makes my property so fun to hunt in late october early november is it's woods and it's literally like if you watch any hunting show what them guys are doing in late october early november is they're hunting these ridge lines or hunting they're hunting in the hardwoods the transitions yeah and so if you can find your spot like that because you you could be on some good deer too Dude,
1: think about how many transitions you actually have on that little bitty a piece a bunch you got uh-huh. the pine transition, the yep. oak transition, the ridgeline transition, the creek transition. Yeah. Where two the, creeks
0: run together. Yeah. It's, it's it's a it sets up as a really good deer hunting property, but it doesn't hold deer in December yet, but it will.
1: Oh yeah. So we have
0: some really good goals. Um What is your goals? You never really said your goals. You just said oh, what, okay, yeah, what yeah. you're doing.
1: So as far as like my hunting goals. It's crazy. I, f- I don't feel like we should be talking about this already because deer season not even over with it's yet. It's always
0: you got to have goals.
1: Um, For next year, so far, my goal is I want to, I really, I think I even talked about this this year too, but I want to get a good deer on camera and then I want to focus on that deer. And get on him. And get on them Yeah. Even if I get another buck in, you know that's another shooter. I really want to focus on one deer, hunt one deer, and get on him and figure him out. Yeah, and and do that, which I think the stuff that I'm wanting to do is going to be able to help me.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think that's a that's a good goal. That's that's kind of where I've tried to be the past two years. I haven't been as successful. I mean, because the deer I was hunting this year was a big eight pointer and. I was trying to figure him out. I, I put a lot of time into trying to figure this out, just like thinking time, basically. Couldn't figure him out, and then he, he left. He either got killed or he moved on, but I think, that's what makes hunting hunted, fun.
1: I think you hunted your, your property too much.
0: I might have a little bit, but I didn't hunt all that much. I hunted, bow season I hunted every weekend, and then when muzzleloader hit, I hunted three times in muzzleloader season, and then I haven't hunted since rifle season came in other than once. That's so it true. hasn't been a ton, but there was a couple weeks where I'd hunt I never hunted more than twice in a week, but well, I take that back. There was one week that I hunted morning, an afternoon, and then a Saturday. So that was three times. But it wasn't as terrible as as we hunted two years ago. Yeah. But it probably yeah. wasn't as effective as I could have. And yeah. that's just I was who I am part of the time. But okay. that's another one thing that I want to do with my property is find some so I have twenty acres but i want to have more than just my one setup so like all season long when i was going hunting i went to the same exact blind same exact spot because you know like in my head i was like well where else can i go i think i want to have two or three which i mean i had my stand up by the house but i wasn't putting corn out or anything like that and didn't have a camera i want to have a couple locations on my 20 acres and i know it's still going to be pressuring the 20 acres every time i go but if i go hunt my blind one day and then you know four or five days down the road I go hunt 300 yards to the left, Yeah, I, I think it would help a little bit pressure-wise. Maybe not, no, no, I but agree. I think it would. I
1: think also you need to get these things set up before bow season even yeah, starts. I agree. Which is why we need to scout now yeah. or, well, as soon have, as season's over so then you can have it set up and be like, look, I'm, bu- I'm going to put the stand up, but I'm not going to sit in it until the leaves fall off yeah. the tree because yeah. that's when this is going to be yeah.
0: My plan good. is I want to have everything set up, ready to hunt, by july basically and then when muzzleloader season comes i don't like oh crap i gotta move my blind so i can hunt muzzleloader i want to have a spot like okay i'm gonna hunt my blind now because it's muzzleloader season and it's already been there they're already used to seeing that thing which i'm not moving my blind i'm gonna leave my blind exactly where it's at and i'm gonna buy some buddy stands or single man stands whatever it is for that i can shoot bow out of but
1: it and again it's hard for you especially just with you know what you got going on but it's hard for you to move a set, yeah, by yourself. I mean, I, I'm sure you could do it, but well, it's gonna I have be hard. done it. But it is a pain in the yeah. butt, exactly. So, what you got for us?
0: Well, this week is a little different than all the past weeks, where we, you know, in the past we've been taking verses. with I'm talking about our Jesus time here, um, we've been taking verses, and we'll break down a verse, or we'll, however we may do it. This. Kind of God's been talking to my heart here a little bit about, and we, you kind of said this to me before the last one that, you know, we want it to be encouraging. Um, and God's been, he had been putting that on my heart anyways that, like, I don't want to go in here and just tell you the do's and don'ts of Christianity or you got to do this if you love Jesus, or you got to, you know, you got to be this, you know. Yeah. Got to work it that out in your own mind, I think what I what we want to do and what we want to share with, with our Jesus time on this is just encouraging words. And a, a yes. lot of what we've said has been that. Oh, yeah. But I think we should do better. And so I think what we're going to start trying to do from here on out is not necessarily bring you a verse every week on this is what the Bible says, this is what you got to do with that, but more so what God is speaking to us in that moment. And that could be a verse, it could be a song lyric, uh, it could be whatever. And so this week... I'm going to just tell you what God's put on my heart, and hopefully it encourages you and helps you in your daily walk. And it may be something that, you know, you that God needs to speak to you as well. And so, like this week, I've been listening to a song Homeward um, by Ben Benjamin Hastings. I think he's a part of Hillsong. I don't really know. Um, But it just talks about seasons of waiting. And we've talked about seasons of waiting a lot, so I'm not going to go deep into that. But I still feel like I'm in a season of waiting a lot in life um, with. And everybody is. You're always in a season of waiting, I believe. But so that's just one song. I just wanted to throw that out there. That's not what I'm really going to talk about. I just want to throw that song out there because it's really since sitting in the probably last Sunday when I sat in the deer stand, I listened to that song like four times with my earbuds in. Um, And it just God just really spoke to me from then on just about where I'm at. Um, Because one of the lyrics is, you know, one thing that it says in the song is that waiting never lasts. Um, And that's just, I want to kind of bring that to the table as an encouragement that if you're in a season of waiting, whatever that may be, waiting for a new job, waiting for God to come through with a bill, waiting for, you know, Christmas time, it can be a lot of hard on people with money and everything. Um, Just know that God is working things out for you. But that's a little side note. What I really wanted to talk about today was I play in the worship band at our church. I've been playing in the worship band since 2013 or 14 Um, somewhere in there i play acoustic guitar and here lately we've been using these things called click tracks and stem files and for those of you who don't know what music is it's basically just a metronome in your ears and then that's what the click track is and then the stem file is all your backups like so like for instance today we usually have a band of about 12 people total including singers today we had like Eight, we had no electric guitars because they were all on vacation. Our normal drummer was on vacation. Um, we have a banjo, literally a bluegrass player that can play any string instrument. He was at yeah. um, a bluegrass. Yeah, he was at a bluegrass festival today, and he does a lot of fill ins and stuff. And so, we were using a lot of stem files today. So we had like with the stem files, we had the electric guitar turned up. So like in the audience, you can still hear an electric guitar, although there's not one on stage. Um, you could still hear. Uh, little fill in violin parts and whatever it may be, even though they weren't on stage. Well, at the first service, everything went great. You know, STEM files work great, click tracks work great. Our set was awesome. God showed up, it was good. Well, we get to the second one, we practiced at the second campus and everything was good. We go to play our our set list and, and worship, and the STEM doesn't work. Nothing works. So we're sitting up there on stage, and the drummer is the one that controls all this from his little drum box. And, you know, we sit there 20 seconds, you know, it's dead silence after the pastor walks off the stage. And we're like, what do we do? What do we do? And so we just started playing. Um, the drummer sat there for the first verse and chorus of the song, trying to figure out what was going on, trying to with the thing. And we just tried to, the band just tried to make it work until we could get it work. Well, he never got it fixed. So he just joined in with us and we just started playing without it. And, for those of you that know me, I hate the click and stem.
1: <laughs> I, I don't
0: like I don't mind the click so much, but I don't like having all the extra stuff. I just I don't know. I feel like from a spirit of worship and me going to worship God, it it can it can it can be very helpful and it has helped a lot. But it also can be very hindering because the the stem literally tells you where to go in the song at what point. Mm-hmm. And so like if the spirit moves and he's like we're going to the verse here, but the stem file in our ears is telling us to go to the chorus. It's like, well, what do I listen to the spirit? or do I listen to the stem file. And we yeah. got to listen to the stem file because otherwise we're going to be all wacky. Yeah. And so today not having it, it was a, took us a long time to to get, like it took us two songs basically to get us on track and playing together. Yeah. But by the time we got to the the end of the second song and the third song, God was moving. Not that he doesn't move with the stem files. I'm not saying that. Yeah, and I'm yeah, not trying yeah, to yeah. like say that we shouldn't be using them. Because it as a band and with a band that's got, 15 members in it. I mean, it does help us and it helps us stay together. And it, it's a really good thing. And it's taken me a long, you know, we've been using it for about a year and a half, two years now. And I really struggled with it at first. But I've really, so to backstory, what I'm trying to make my point here is I've really been struggling with my heart of worship lately. And what I mean by that is I used to be able to get up on stage and just, it didn't matter what was going on in my life. Didn't matter, you know, where I was at, I could get up on stage and I could let everything go and I could just worship Jesus. And as a worship leader, which is what I am, even though I'm not the technical worship leader, I'm on stage and people are looking at me, I help lead people in worship. And as a worship leader, you got to be able to do that, to just put everything behind you and just worship God and lead the congregation to Jesus with you. And I haven't been able to, I feel like I haven't been able to do that over the last probably three or four months. And I don't know what it's been. It's just like I've had a block. Well, today it was just like that block got set free um and it, i don't think it had anything to do with stem and click i don't i'm not trying to say we shouldn't use them i'm just saying because of that and because of i had to get to a place today where i was i was scared to death going we were supposed to play a, a fourth song i was scared to death when we were about to start this song because i was like i don't know how i'm going to do this without an electric guitar part in my ears well luckily the worship leader looked at me right before we were about to start and he said skip this song we're we'll going to the next one and but it was just like god worked it out right there in that moment and we went to the next one and it was just awesome But it took me to really rely on Jesus, and it just like set that worship block free, and I was just able to put everything behind me, and I was able to just worship for the first time in a very long time up there on stage. And so what I'm trying to say is, sometimes things happen in your life that you're just like, crap hits the fan, and you're like, what the heck is happening right now? What am I supposed to do? And you got to get to that point in your life where you're like, God... I'm gonna just trust that you're gonna get me through this. I don't know how we're gonna do it. I don't know what the next step is, and we're just gonna go. Like, cause going into the last song today, I had to start it because that we had nothing else to start it. And so I just, I didn't even, I didn't, cause the way I play guitar is I, I hear the song in my head and then I start playing it. And with a clem and stem and click, it's kind of easy to do that because you have it in your ears. Well, when you don't have that, you kind of just gotta start without it. And so I started playing that third song and I was like I hope this is right I hope it is right and like just wasn't even thinking about it really I was just like I'm gonna just start and I just started playing it was just like God took over my fingers and just started playing the song and we just rolled on through it and it was just a really yeah and that's what guess what I'm trying to say there is is God really and he showed up in a big way in that service like there was just everybody was worshiping and it's been a long time since that's happened at that service and it was just a really really awesome moment and so that was kind of what I had to bring to the table, and I know that was yeah. a long-winded story to get to that point, but I kind of wanted to give a backstory to that, because it was what God did in my life just this morning, and it was, to me, it was very relevant, because I'm, a, I mean, I lived it, but, yeah. and even as a musician who loves to worship like that, the reason I started playing guitar when I was 16 years old was because God called me to lead worship. I mean, I can remember the exact day I was sitting at a mission trip um, in Knoxville, Tennessee, and I'd been playing a little bit of guitar at that point but god like we had a night of prayer and god like it was like god tapped on my shoulder and said you're going to be doing that like what that worship leader's doing on stage and i remember looking at my brothers in that moment and i was like god just told me that i was going to be leading worship like this guy andrew brown on stage and it scared the crap out of me because if you know me i'm a very reserved person and i do not like to be in the spotlight and it was just like okay god if that's what you want me to do, I'm going to do it. And I already had the love for music. So I knew that like I could music wise, I wasn't very good at guitar at that point. But I knew like I wanted, I loved music enough that I could do that. And over the years, I mean, you look at where I'm at now. I'm playing at a church that has a ton of members. And it just like was one of those moments like God just literally put me in that position. I didn't even have to work to get there. Yeah. And so you just remember what God is It's like. Sometimes you have to look back on where you came from and where you've been to be able to look forward to know that God is working. And if you go through any Bible story, I think that's a lot of times like what happened in the Bible. Like God works in your life and God is, he's always working for you and he is going to show up when the moment comes. When, when the crap hits the fan and you need somebody to show up, God's going to be there and you can trust that.
1: Well, it's kind of funny because what I got to bring to the table actually kind of goes along with yours. Um, And when you were kind of telling me somewhat about it a little bit, I didn't really think I wasn't sure how we were going to be able to (laughs) put them, you know, it's just going to be like two just random (laughs) thoughts, but it's kind of funny. So, you know, like I kind of said earlier, you know, God kind of led the worship, Yeah. you know, you had to let him just lead, you know, for, for all that to work out. So I had a devotional, let's see what day it was, Thursday. Um, and, it is John eight twelve is the verse, and it says, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. So, I am scared of the dark. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> me too. Not, not, <laughs> in the, not in the house. Yeah, no. Just outside, yeah. in the dark. Like, walking to my yeah. deer stand
0: scares me so bad. And... I think most men... If they would really admit it, they probably yeah. all are.
1: So, and the thing is, is I don't, I don't even know what I'm scared of. I think it's just because I don't know. I can't see.
0: You can't see what's around you.
1: Exactly. You have but no
0: idea what's there.
1: You put that flashlight in my hand. It's Good to go. I'm. I can get to my deer stand at least. Yeah. And once I get my deer stand, I'm golden. But it. And, you know, you hear people talk about all the time, yeah, you shouldn't you need to walk with a red light. You need to not use a flashlight. If you cannot use a flashlight, that's the way to go. Well, I'm here to tell you I'm gonna use a flashlight. Give me the biggest spotlight you got. Yeah. And so that's what kind of it it ties into like this verse is like that flashlight leads me to where I need to get to. In the darkness of the woods when I am scared. Okay, like scared. Like I'm talking about I have I don't care if it's rifle season, bow season. I have my pistol loaded and ready to go in my hand like I am ready, okay? like That's how I walk to my deer stand. And once I get to my deer stand, I hurry as fast as as I can can. because at that point, I can't hold the light. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, that light leads me there. In a time of darkness when I am scared, which is exactly, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. And that's all I really got. You know, God, let God lead your life and let him be your flashlight anytime. You know, he, if just think about this too, when, okay, at least for me, when I'm walking through the woods, my best thing to do is put my head down, flashlight literally like five right foot. In, yeah, five foot in front of me and I'm just walking just like that. I might look up a couple times, you know, and if I hear something, then I get really scared and I shine the light over <laughs> there. But for the most part, it is literally five foot in front of me and I'm looking straight down at the light. So I'm go- going exactly where that light is the whole time, the whole way in. And the same thing, if you correspond that to life, just think of Jesus is your flat is your little round light that that is on the ground in front of you that's leading you to your deer stand, which is life. Let's just say the deer stand is is your life, and but that's where you need to get to, and so that's that's just what I got to bring to the table. I like Nothing that. crazy, you know. Just let let Jesus be your flashlight. That's good. Simple.
0: Yeah, I like it. That's really good. I think I know that today is a little different, and and mine was a lot shorter than Bradley's. That's okay. Mine was I'm only long kidding. because I had a whole story to I tell. I'm <laughs> just playing. My <clears throat> and I had a lot of backstory I had to oh, tell. Oh yeah, but I, they do very correspond together. Um, yeah. Let God lead. Exactly. I'm just gonna leave it at that. Yeah. Let, God, let lead. God lead. And he can do some some crazy awesome things. Yep. Because when
1: you okay, so if your flashlight's going straight and then you veer off the path to go to the right, you're gonna get scared. Yep. Flashlight. (laughs) You get what I'm saying?
0: Flashlight won't make it very far on its own.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But you know, stay on the path of the flashlight, which is what we're saying is God. Stay on God's path. Let him lead your path. Don't veer off of his path. Stay in him. Pray in everything you do and 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 go, you know, go through life.
0: That's good. I like it. As I think as we continue to do these, and I don't know what it's going to look like in the future, our Jesus time and our podcast, um, I know God's using it, and we want God to lead this. Yes. As long as God gives us this platform, I mean, even if we got 20 listeners listening to it, I don't care. It's not about the listeners. I could sit here and talk about hunting all day long, so we might as well just record it if <laughs> well, we're going to do it. <laughs>
1: on the So we had an hour drive there. One way was an hour yeah. drive yesterday, and... You know, me and Bradley, we really don't live far from each other. So I was like, dude, I'll just pick you up and we'll ride together. And the whole ride up there, we were talking. And about halfway up there, I was like, we should, we should be recording Yeah, I, Yeah, this, I was like, <laughs> dude, we should be recording because this is literally like a podcast right now. Because cool. this is how we talk yeah. in the truck when we're just riding down the road. It's just like that. So, you know, just again, I know we've said it a thousand times, but this is us. This is how we really sit down and talk. We literally will sit there and ask questions to each other just yeah. like this. I'd be like, well, what are your goals? I, th- I asked you that yeah, yesterday. You did. I was like, what are your goals? Like, what, what, like when you really break it down, what are your goals? What are you wanting to do? Yeah. And then we went into a whole spill, and that's when I think I was like, yeah, we should really be just recording right now. Yep. But, anyways, we are, um, we're excited. We are so excited to do this. I was so excited to do it today. Yeah, you know, me too. Every time, and so we hope that y'all are enjoying it. Um, again, you know, I know I say this all the time, but. You know, we really want to interact with y'all. Like, I w- I'd love to just know who's listening and who's getting something out of it. Yeah. That That is probably the main thing, you know. Let me and Bradley know, like, hey, y'all have, you know, y'all have taught me this. Or just from listening to Matt Peterson or, you know, Last Draw Outdoors, you know, it really clicked in my head that I need to be doing this instead of what I am doing. Yeah. Or, or whatever. Or if y'all are like, y'all are dumb. Yeah, help us out <laughs> Yeah, exactly Let us know what we need to change then um, But for real, you know, follow us on Instagram We have an Instagram, um, Facebook page, and a Twitter um, So check us out on all those um, Yeah, and, and like I said, we're all the time We're posting pictures of, of different things You know, our hunts and what we're doing And just those kind of things So, um yeah
0: hopefully here soon we'll be posting pictures of of what we're doing to the land yeah 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 well, when, that's yeah. gonna be fun i know like for you, for the guys that might be listening to this that don't start hunting until rifle season you guys might be like you guys are dumb you're you still got three weeks of hunting season left why are you guys talking mm-hmm. like hunting season's over well we've we i mean for guys like us we hunt bow season and everything like when you when you hunt bow season and you get yeah. to this point you, you've already hunted three especially and a half when, months especially when you've, killed when you've already buck. killed a buck we yeah. both killed a buck so i'm just like my hunting season's not over, but it's I'm definitely looking towards next year. And it gets like this every December. Yeah. Now, last year when I didn't kill my buck until December fifth, I was in it until December fifth, but as soon as I killed that deer, I w- I went one time after that. Yeah. But
1: well, <clears throat> um and you know, like Bradley was saying, once once um deer season ends and we start getting into what we're doing with our properties and stuff like that, we'll have a whole lot more of um,
0: you know post and stuff yeah. like that maybe make some videos too of what we're doing yeah. in that so you can kind of see what we're doing and maybe you can use some of that information to help on your small like if somebody else has got a small piece of property they might see what i'm Absolutely. doing like hey, i could do something like that
1: and also if you have any questions about what we okay. talked about whether it's the deer stuff or if it's about the the youth hunt or you know the jesus talk whatever you know if if, if you want to just be like hey i have a question about this message us yeah. you know facebook instagram twitter whatever message us would be more than happy email we have an email yeah. i think that's on the
0: yeah all of that should be linked in the description of the podcast like if you go to apple podcast and type in and fish and faith yeah the actual podcast description should have all of those social medias and email in there
1: yeah all right well um let's pray and then uh, we'll head out mm-hmm. dear god i just want to thank you today lord thank you for being here with us in this shed, Lord. And so as you know, me and Bradley would talk about hunting and fishing, and and you, God. You know, um, I just want to really thank you for being a part of this and uh, and and guiding us and and being our flashlight through this. Um, because if it if it wasn't for you, we wouldn't be able to do this. And um, I just want to pray over um, Bradley and uh, his worship you know, continue to, to move in him through his worship at the church, Lord. And um, I just want to um, just thank you. Just thank you for your grace, Lord, and your mercy that you, that you, um, you know, stow upon us, God. Uh, I'd like to pray over um, the rest of the hunting season, God, that, you know, we, we just are safe. And uh, if, you know, if we um, get fortunate enough to, to kill a deer again, just thank you for that, uh, God. Uh, you know, just be with us this week as we go to work and and live our lives and be with our families, Lord. And just bless us, God.
0: Amen. Amen. All right. Well, we'll holler at you next time.